When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is Thursday, May 5th, and on this episode of Best on the Board, we take a look ahead to the Friday, May 6th NBA playoff games. Those are the two series that have the one seeds up to nothing Heat Sixers and Suns Mavs. Michael Beller and James Edwards here with you to break down those series and say, can the dogs get a game here, or are the favorites going to take a stranglehold of these series and make it 3-0? James? what's going on man nothing much man it was a uh th- that sun's mavs game was fun on wednesday night until it wasn't right yes <laughs> turned exactly. really quickly yeah it did it did take a quick turn and maybe that's indicative of where this series is headed overall as for heat and sixers you know it's just it's so hard to know what to do with this series and particularly with game three before we know the status on Joel Embiid. But we're talking about this before we know the status on Joel Embiid. Let's start with that game here. We've got the Heat favored by one and a half right now going into Philly for game three. Two ten and a half is the total on this one. And it's, I mean, if the Sixers get Embiid back, I think that's a, that's an interesting line. Without Embiid, I, I think we've, we've sort of seen it in these first two games that like over a full four-quarter, 48-minute game, it's just very hard for the Sixers to be able to stay with Miami shot for shot. And so if it's no Embiid, I would feel very comfortable with betting Miami in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't know how much time we spent on this, but yeah, it comes down to Embiid because the two teams are just in different leagues currently, especially without Embiid. And I just feel like Miami, we talked about it the other day, deeper, just more of that they know what they are. They know what they do. I think the Sixers have no idea who they are uh, without Embiid. And I still think they were figuring things out with Embiid and Harden. So it's just a bad matchup. Embiid, obviously, if he plays, the line is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them a, a chance. But until we know that, I'm going heat. I'm taking I'm taking the points. I'm taking the over. I just think this is these are two teams in two different leagues right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tyrese Maxey had a, a really, you know, effective game. He was 12 to 22 from the floor, uh, only made one of four three point attempts, scored 34 points. James Harden, once again, just leaving a little bit to be desired, six of 15 from the floor, one of five from three, 20 points scored. Tobias Harris gave you 21. And I mean, if the, if the Sixers are being realistic about what they are without Joel Embiid, Getting thirty, getting maybe you know the twenty from Harden doesn't look great, but getting seventy-five points out of Maxi Harden and Tobias Harris, like, like if they're realistic about who they are, like they got to feel pretty decent about that. And it's still a game where the Heat basically had him at arm's length throughout, and so it's just it's really hard to get behind the Sixers 
without Embiid. I'm totally on board with the Heat with with Embiid does not play. I think I'd still be on the Heat with Embiid. Uh, the difference, though, is that you know with what Embiid is coming back from orbital fracture, concussion. You know, we're not talking a muscle thing. We're not talking a, a sprained ankle. If he's back in Game Three. He's back. It's yeah. the full. It's the full Joel Embiid experience, and that's why I right. don't think this to me is not bettable until we know what the status is on Joel Embiid. I'm with you. Um, I, again, that like we said earlier, like that changes everything. He's he would be the best player on the court, and we talked about that in the Suns Mavs series. That means something, um, especially when it comes to betting, and it's not just who wins who loses. So, I'm with you. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it, but I still think even with Embiid the heat win and i i'm curious to know your thoughts on this is tyrese Maxey better than james harden right now <laughs> i think he might be i really like, think do, he might they, be. do they need to do like do they need to alter things to run more stuff through Maxey? yeah i think that's their best chance at winning right now i think it is too i mean we we've we have seen his diversity of scoring uh, also on display in these playoffs and really toward the end of last season i would love to see how the how, if at all how the narrative would have changed uh, on Tyrese Maxey. Not that there was like this dominant narrative on Tyrese Maxey when he was coming into the league, but uh, that that Kentucky team in 2020 was pointed toward a Final Four, maybe a national championship with him right at the center of it, Emmanuel Quickly, Nick Richards. I mean, that was an awesome team that was playing its best basketball in March. And then, of course, COVID scuttled the 2020 NCAA tournament. Tyrese Maxey was about to have a huge march. And maybe yeah. that changes the way we look at him coming into the league here. Uh, but, yes, uh, to, to answer your question, I, I do think that right now, without Embiid, Tyrese Maxey is Philly's best player, and that we we should see more from him. I, I think we we sort of started to see it yep. last night with him getting twenty two field goal attempts against Harden's fifteen. But still, like we, I, I would like Harden to see, recognize that. Yeah, I would like to see more, more run for him, more run for yeah. him, more run through him because that really was that. Even though he had he led them in in field goal attempts comfortably, it was sort of him going and getting his own thing, not the offense running through him. Right. No, I'm with you, and that's kind of the. Uh, the experience you get when uh, you you have a James Harden centric offense. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the experience you get. On the other side of this, I mean, uh, another just like exactly how the Heat draw it up performance: twenty three from Adebayo, twenty two from Jimmy Butler, nineteen from Victor Oladipo, and eighteen out of Tyler Hero. And if this is the Victor Oladipo we're going to be getting the rest of the playoffs, James. Forget about this series, and then suddenly Miami versus whoever wins Boston-Milwaukee becomes all the more interesting because this looked like some vintage Oladipo, what we saw on Wednesday night. Yeah, he looked good. Um, he, it's weird. Like everyone, obviously, Everybody was obviously ready to write him off after he kind of eased into – I mean, he had some serious injuries, and mm-hmm. um, you'd imagine it takes time to, one, not just get your legs under you, but just to feel confident again. And people forget how good he was before these injuries. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is a guy that I think when you go through something like that, the hardest part to getting back to that, everybody always kind of thinks it's, it might be, uh, they're just done physically. They're just done. I think it is just like getting that confidence back, knowing you can do it again. And it seems like Aladipo is like slowly built up to this moment where it's like, all right, I still got it mentally. He's there. And it's, it changes the dynamic of this team. I mean, they would, they are fine without him. But you had another guy like that, even if he's 75% of what he once was, it's a damn good player. 
Yeah, that is a, a truly, truly special team with uh, Victor Oladipo at 75-80% of what he once was. And if it's beyond that, whew, this is uh, this is going to be a force the remainder of the playoffs. Uh, on Embiid, uh, last thing on this game, then we'll talk about the, uh, the Western Conference game that's going on on Friday. On Embiid, I mean, we do lately... Like, do the Sixers the, the lines the line will change if we know about Embiid, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be this huge dramatic swing. I wonder if actually the Sixers become an intriguing play here just because of what we talked about with Embiid and the nature of his injury being what it is. Like he should be. There's no reason to expect anything other than 100% Joel Embiid whenever he steps back on the floor. Yeah, I mean it's a good point. Um, I, I don't I don't have a really good guess of what to, the line would move to with Embiid, but you'd imagine that they're not going to run Miami off the floor, that this would be a close game, yeah. uh, which would lean you toward taking Miami in the points. But I don't know. I, I I think with or without Embiid, I still just like Miami. Like, I don't I, – I, I, I think I would take them either way. I just think this is a team on a mission. I think Philly's in flux. Um, and I think it would be – for a team that's already looking weird, I think even though Joel hadn't been out long – Maybe he tries to do too much to save their season. Uh, maybe it takes away from Maxi, which maybe needs to be the play. Like, I, it's just too much going on. It's just it's it's a team in flux, and it's a this is the worst time of the year to be in flux. Yeah, we'll see. I, I do hope we get to see uh, Embiid in this series. I do it'll too. Be, right? I mean, it, it makes. I mean, obviously, we want the best players to be out there, and like at least at least this is an intriguing series with Joel Embiid. Without him. It's more of the same of what we've seen in games one and two. So it would be nice to see him beat back in game three and game four and see if Philly can make a series out of this. But game three, obviously, with the Heat being up 2-0, that determines if this thing is over or if my or Philly excuse me, still has something of a chance to uh, pull off what would be a little bit of an upset and get on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Suns Mavs, 2-0 Suns James. Suns are favored by one and a half in game three in Dallas. 2-19.5 is the total on this one. We've basically been saying that since this series was set, feels like a five-gamer where Luka's Luka-ness gets them one game, but that's really all they're going to get. And I still feel that way. I feel that way even stronger after what we saw in game two with uh, Phoenix just taking control of that game in the second half. Because of the way we feel about this, I'm not super comfortable betting uh, on the line in this one. But there are a few player props that I like. But it's just like, like if we if we think that Dallas is going to get one of these games at home, and they're just going to sort of get it because Luca is Luca. Like I, I don't really want to back either side. Phoenix is comfortably the better team. Phoenix is going to win this series and move on to the Western Conference Finals. It doesn't feel like a bettable line to me based on the way we feel the series is going. <sighs> I had the opposite realization after last night. Uh, okay. I think I think I got as I watched it unfold in the fourth. I just I have a bigger take that I'm going to save for like down the line. I'm not going to use it now. Oh, uh, intriguing! But I just watch that Dallas offense, and I tweeted this. It's it's so Houstony at times, and it works when the ball is moving around. But I just feel like when you get into these scenarios where you're playing against a team for seven games or four games or whatever it might be, one of the best defenses in the league, the ball just doesn't tend to move as much. And it's the star trying to take over. And you saw Luka get in trouble last night. Like, they were everywhere on him. He had several turnovers. Uh, they're hunting him defensively. It's This is just – I just wonder if that style of play – 
without a secondary like true star is sustainable like we i hate to relate it to the rockets but the rockets never got over the hump playing that style and i think you see situations where the star maybe takes on a bigger burden because it is like a a five out system a four out system where it's on them to create but this is a phoenix team that can switch that can defend you that can annoy you uh i just i just don't think they have enough and them having the ball handler they don't dallas has the ball handlers that houston really didn't yes harden had the chris paul and the russell westbrook but they didn't really have that third one like they do like dallas does with dinwiddie they have Doncic, uh, Brunson, and Dinwiddie, they have really good shooters. Like I would just like to see them be a little more creative, and I think at this stage in the season they are what they are, and I just think that type of play on the offensive end is going to be conducive to spell dry spells when you're going up against a Phoenix team that is this damn good. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in that fourth quarter, as you said, and I mean, you just look at the box score even after the game. 35 from Luka, 16 from Reggie Bullock, 11 from Spencer Dinwiddie, and that's it in terms of Mavs and double figures last night. Yeah, and like, it, it's 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 hard to it's it's virtually impossible to win like that. Period. And it is, I think, impossible to win like that against a high quality team like Phoenix. And I and I also wonder if Luca even has that game we keep referencing in him. Like I know he's, he's I'm not saying he's not good enough to have that game. It's mm-hmm. just like every time you look up they show him he's been going to the locker room like he's not he's not physically he's not right. where he needs to be and this is not the team where you can't be this you can't be in 80% of yourself against this Phoenix Suns team so as i as i sat back last night aside from having like a larger view of what i think the Mavs might end up being with time um i just look at this i'm like i, I don't i don't see them winning a game if they yeah. don't if they don't shake things and shake things off offensively i'm not even sure luca can play off the ball i just i just have too many questions about them going through dry spells scoring the ball with the lack of creators um and the lack of ball movement at times and well first and foremost how good phoenix is defensively it's a good point on luca right i mean that injury that he suffered right at the end of the season if this were january february we're probably talking about him just being out for two two and a half three weeks Yes. But because it's not that time of year, obviously they need him out there. You know, they don't even get past Utah, I think, even though they played Utah pretty well in those games without him. They maybe don't get past Utah without Luka, let alone uh, have anything of a chance against this Phoenix team. Uh, It's just, it it really is uh, showing the, uh, we're we're seeing the difference between the the true halves and the, you know, teams we call halves during the regular season and even in the first round of the playoffs and where we are right now in this series. Jalen Brunson, as I've talked about a few times, one of the stories of the first round in mm-hmm. this year's NBA playoffs. Phoenix has absolutely shut him down in the first yep. two games of this series. And now you look again at his point prop. It's 17 and a half points. Like, there, there's <laughs> – he's going to have to have just a ridiculous shooting night to get to that number uh, against this Phoenix defense. I love J- – that's my favorite play, I think, maybe for the entire day on Friday is Jalen Brunson under, under 17 and a half points. Phoenix's defense is too damn good and too damn switchable. Yep. I like that play. I'm with you. Take that play. Or yes, it's, it's, uh, it's backed by both me and Mike. <laughs> uh, Devin Booker also looking like himself in this series, certainly looked like that 
in game two when he uh, led Phoenix in scoring with 30 points, just a couple of points ahead of Chris Paul's 28. And so you like seeing Devin Booker get back in that mode, put up 19 shots, made five threes. Like this is this is the Devin Booker we expect him to be. Seems like uh, his, his injury certainly was uh, a little less severe than what we're looking at for Lucas with how quickly he was able to come back and how quickly he was able to basically be the Devin Booker that we are used to seeing. So his point prop is at 26 and a half. I like the over in that one. And I do like the Suns. I'm with you. Like I want to believe, like, like I said, like I said, there's a few other plays I like in this game. So I'm not necessarily going to push the Suns minus one and a half play, but they're just they're just flat out better, and this time of year is different than this being played in the regular season. I, I think we should trust what we've seen in the first two games of this series. I agree. I think sometimes the uh, the the first couple games of a series aren't necessarily telling of how it will go, and then sometimes I definitely think they are. And I think this is what we've seen uh, in the first two games of this one is I think indicative of of what we'll see going forward. It's just yep. they're going to hunt Luca. Dallas is probably going to go zone. And I don't want to go zone against Phoenix for too long. I just, it's just, it's a matchup nightmare. Phoenix is just too good. They'd be a matchup nightmare for anybody. And I'm sure, uh, I hope Golden State's not looking ahead past Memphis, but that's going to be, that's going to be a fun series uh, if, if it comes to that. There's a reason why this team won 64 games in the regular season, eight clear of any other team in the NBA. They just really are that damn good. And this time of year, the way teams clamp down, the way teams buckle down, maybe we shouldn't be surprised to see Dallas putting a, or excuse me, Phoenix grabbing a stranglehold of this series and already pointing themselves toward more of a sweeper, a five gamer, than rather having to push this thing out to six or seven games against the Mavericks. So we are all in on the Suns. For Game 3, we are on Joel and Bede watch before we know what to do in Miami and Philly in their Game 3 matchup on Friday night. And that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Four. Thanks so much for being with us. For James Edwards, I am Michael Feller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.